This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app. Kia ora. Thanks for tuning in to the most down-to-earth kids radio show in New Zealand, The Kids Mix, with me, Kath B. We'll have songs, stories, fun facts, giveaways, and what's that noise? Plus, Susie Cato joins us with Susie and Friends. The Kids Mix, with me, Kath B, on Fresh FM. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. You've had some rest, now it's time to wake up. You feel refreshed, now it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. You've had some rest, now it's time to wake up. You feel refreshed, now it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. Wake up, wake up, it's time to wake up. If I was a fuzzy, fuzzy bumblebee, I'd go bumbling round, bumbling around. I'd bumble up high in the sky, I'd bumble my way down. If I was a fuzzy, fuzzy bumblebee. And if I was a giggly, wriggly rattlesnake, oh, I'd go rattling around, rattling around. I'd rattle up a big old tree, I'd rattle my way down. If I was a giggly, wriggly rattlesnake. Creatures big and small, I wish that I could be them all. Just for fun, for a day, if I had my way. Well, I could be a bloaty, floaty puffer fish. And I'd go puffing around, puffing around. I'd puff right up to the top of the waves. I'd puff my way back down if I was a bloaty, floaty puffer fish. Time to do some marching. March along with this song called Pull My Finger by Captain Festus McBoyle. Mr Thaddeus, quick, pull me finger. Uh, go, marching song. Come on, kids, get them going. Left, right, left, right. At least we've only got one leg. It's probably just left. <laughs> left. But don't you left behind. Come on, put the effort in. Get a jump. Get a life. Get a million dollar mortgage and a wife 
I clean your shoes and comb me hair. Remember not to swing upon your chair. Stand up straight, stand up straight. Shoulders back, shoulders back. Remove your blooming finger from your nose. Or I'm gonna be a singer, so go on for me finger. There's more to life than pirates than I knows. Cause pirate life was meant to be a doddle. And pirate life was meant to be a dream. But pirate life is really quite revolting. I'm as itchy and as smelly I could scream. Hey, 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 hey. Hoist the sails, ain't doing that. I'm the captain, look, see, I've got the hat. Scrub the dicks, that ain't for me. I'd rather pick me feet than cook the tea. And load the guns, be the, the crew. I'm sorry about that, something I can't do. Or I'm gonna be a singer, so go on for me finger. Now look out well, cause I'm a breaking through. Oh, suddenly, seems everything is changing. Suddenly, all good things come my way. And suddenly, seems all the gods are smiling. And things are getting better every day. Hey, 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 God, you know you want to. Uh, there you go, better out than in. Mm. I got a job, I got a life. I got a million dollar mortgage and wife. I clean me shoes, I comb me hair. Remember not to swing upon me chair. I stood up straight, stood up straight. Shoulders back, shoulders back. Remove me blooming finger from me nose. Or I'm gonna be a singer, so go upon me finger. There's more to life than pirates that I knows, all that I knows. More to life than pirates that I knows, on oh, mind your toes. More to life than pirates that I knows. And that's the way it goes. You're listening to The Kids Mix on Fresh FM with Kath B. And here's a story that I used to tell my daughter called Spring Clean. Please read us a story on there. We'll all gather round. Dear old man, sit in your favourite chair. We'll sit all around. All around, dear old man. I think it's going to rain, said Rabbit, peering out of the window. It does look rather dark for the middle of the day, agreed Bramwell. Little Bear drew a funny face on the glass. Actually, he said, the dark is on this side. It's dust. Rabbit added long ears to the funny face. Little Bear's right, he said. The window is really dirty. When did we last clean it? I can't remember, said Old Bear, looking thoughtful. Which means it must be time. Time for what? asked Little Bear. Wait and see, replied Old Bear, hurrying out of the room. Little Bear and Rabbit were still drawing pictures on the window when Old Bear returned pushing a large basket. Oh, picnic time, said Little Bear. Not yet, said Old Bear, lifting the cloth and pulling out a feather duster. It's spring cleaning time. We'll do the whole room. It'll be fun. Fun, cried Little Bear. Cleaning isn't fun. Bramwell picked up some dusters and handed one to Rabbit. Come on, he said. Let's go and find something to polish. Bramwell climbed up to inspect the tabletop. It's really dusty up here, he called. 
Let's do this first. Rabbit jumped up to join him, but as he bounced onto the table, he landed on one of Bramwell's dusters. Whee! he cried as he slid right across the table to the other side. This is fun, Bramwell. You must try it. A few minutes later, Rabbit and Bramwell, with the duster wrapped round each foot, began skating gracefully backwards and forwards across the table. Rabbit even managed a sort of twirly jump, which looked quite spectacular. Watch, Bramble! I'll do a figure of eight, he called. I think it's time we started work, Rabbit, said Bramble, when he finally remembered they were supposed to be polishing. Rabbit glided to a halt and peered down. But it's done, he cried. Look! Bramble looked down and saw his own face staring back at him. The table was almost as shiny as a mirror. Well, said Bramwell, I never thought cleaning would be this easy. Oh, it is, said a voice from below. It was Jolly Tall. He picked up a feather duster and was waving it about in the air. I'll dust away all the hard cobwebs with this, he said. Watch out, spiders. Here I come. Can I have feathers on a stick too, asked Little Bear. Sorry, said Old Bear, there aren't any more. Why did you take this? And he handed him a little bear-sized woolly mop. Oh, it's just like a hobby horse, cried Little Bear, climbing onto the mop and galloping around the room. It would be better if you rode it with the mop end on the floor, suggested Bramble. Then you can clean as you go. Little Bear galloped on, stopping every now and then to flick away a dirty mark or push the dust out from behind a table leg. When he came to the bed, he peered underneath. It's black with dust under here, he called, as he poked his mop in and wiggled it about. Help! came a startled voice from under the bed, and Cat popped her head out. Oh, it's you, little bear, she said. Your mop gave me a fright. I thought it was a woolly monster. Jolly was still dusting all the things the other toys couldn't reach. He flicked at the leaves of the plant and the books on the shelf. He even dusted the doll's house roof. Thank you, Jolly, called the little doll from the window. We saw you cleaning, so we're doing our house too. Old Bear was just thinking how lovely everything looked when he noticed Mrs. Doll cleaning the doll's house windows. We are silly, we've forgotten the dirtiest things and he pointed to the windows. I think we'll need damp cloths to get the dust off there. Old Bear fetched a bucket of warm water. Then Rabbit, Bramwell Brown and Little Bear washed away the dust on the windows. And Old Bear polished them till they shone. Very soon they'd finished the bottom of the windows, but when they looked up, they realised not even Jolly could reach the top. It seems a shame to leave them half done, said Old Bear. Perhaps we could fly the plane up there, suggested Rabbit, and clean the windows as we go. Mm, the plane would fly too fast, said Old Bear. Then he looked at the basket. But, he added, I've had an idea. Now where did I see those balloons? A little while later, 
The cleaning basket was standing by the window with three big balloons tied to the handle. And inside, instead of mops and brushes, there were three brave window cleaners, each clutching a yellow duster. There you are, said Old Bear. You'll be able to clean the windows as you drift past. You'd better take my feather duster so you can reach into the corners, said Jolly, handing it to Little Bear. Old Bear let go of the basket and gave it a little push. It left the ground and floated gently up. Rabbit and Bramwell cleaned as fast as they could as they drifted past the window. Slow it down, called Little Bear. I haven't used the feather duster yet. Bramble grabbed the curtain to steady the basket, and Little Bear just had time to flick the feathers into the corners before they floated on. That looks better, said Rabbit, as the balloon drifted away from the window and gave the toys a chance to admire their work. Where are we going now? he asked, as they floated on across the room. Down, I hope, said Little Bear. They weren't. They were still going up. I think I'd like to go down, said Little Bear. Well, I suppose we could jump onto the bed, suggested Rabbit. But we're not over the bed, said Little Bear, looking out of the basket. We're over the floor. Old Bear was watching anxiously. Try jumping up and down in the basket, he called. Bramble Brown, Little Bear and Rabbit jumped as heavily as they could. The basket wobbled a bit, but drifted on and on. If you tie your dusters together, called Jolly, I'll catch the end and pull you down. Bramble knotted together the corners of the three dusters to make a long yellow rope. Little Bear tied one end to the basket. Then Bramble threw the other end to Jolly. Here you are, he shouted. Catch! But Jolly couldn't catch. Even though he stretched his neck as far as he could, he wasn't tall enough to reach the bottom duster. Oh, help! cried Little Bear. We'll never get down. But Bramble had had an idea. If we pop one of the balloons, we might just float down gently, he suggested. Except we haven't got a pin, he added. Little Bear turned the feather duster upside down. This might do it, he said, poking at the balloon with a stick. Bang! The basket went down a little bit and then stopped. Pop another one, said Bramwell, covering his ears. Bang! went the second balloon. All the toys held their breath as slowly the basket floated down to the ground and landed softly on the carpet. Phew, you said cleaning would be fun, Old Bear, but I never thought it would be exciting. Old Bear lifted Little Bear out of the basket and pointed to the window. Look at it now, he said. Little Bear stared. Oh no, he cried. It's still all dark. We didn't get the dirt off after all. Of course we did, laughed Old Bear. It's dark because it's late. We've been cleaning all afternoon. And what comes after cleaning time? Tea time, cried Little Bear. And he was right.
comes the Wattonwood wetter Out of the Wattonwood tree Oh dear, it's the Wattonwood wetter And I think that he's looking for me Oh See you, my boy. You're looking quite pale, shaking and quaking at the size of my tail. Oh, why could it be? Are you up in this tree? And he said, You rotten wood wetter, you're rotten to me. Here comes the rotten wood wetter. Out of the Wattonwood tree Oh dear, it's the Wattonwood wetter And I think that he's looking for me Wetters go Oh It's Watton, I know. This branch is my home, so don't shake it or break it down onto the ground, or I'll give you a nip on the place that you sit. And she said, Oh, you're Watton wood wetter, you're Watton wood knit, and a twit. Here comes the Watton wood wetter. Out of the Wattonwood tree Oh dear, it's the Wattonwood wetter And I think that he's looking for me song when we were little. It's called Umarapati or Run Rabbit. Oma, oma, oma. 
Our story today is called Pania of the Reef. Pania of the Reef. Karetaki was a handsome young man, tall and strong. He was admired greatly by all the young women from near and far. But Karetaki showed no interest in any of them. One evening at dusk, he was walking alone on a sandy beach, lost in his thoughts, when he noticed a movement over by some rocks. He stopped still and observed. He could make out the shape of a young woman. This young woman was unfamiliar to Karataki, and he moved closer to have a look. She was covered in seawater, and her eyes were as green as the seaweed. As Karataki gazed, he felt a warm stirring in his chest. The next moment, the young woman turned, and on seeing Karataki, gasped in surprise. Do not be afraid. Come and talk to me, whispered Karataki. And they gazed deeply into each other's eyes. Karetaki gently took the young woman's hand and asked, Who are you? And where is your home? I have never seen you before. The young woman looked away out to sea and said, I am Pania of the Reef. My home is the wild ocean. My people are of the sea. Every evening, my sisters and I come and play on these rocks. We watch the beautiful sunsets, and we watch you from afar. Now Karetaki understood why he had never seen her before. I am Karetaki, and I love you. Will you come and be my wife? Pania shook her head sadly. I cannot. I am of the sea, you are of the land. And still they gazed into each other's eyes. At last, Pania agreed to leave the sea and live on dry land with Karetaki as his wife. Karetaki knew the pull of the sea was very strong and he made Pania promise never to go back to her people. Karetaki was afraid of losing his beautiful maiden of the sea. Karetaki and Pania were very happy until one day Karetaki came to Pania and said, I must leave you alone. It is time for me to hunt the fat kereru. I will be gone for a few days. Pania begged her young husband to stay but his mind was made up, and he would not change it. That night, as Pania lay alone in her bed, she listened to the sound of the breakers rushing in, and she could hear her sisters calling, calling her from the reef. Pania! Pania! 
Tania! Tania turned over and tried to block out the sound of her calling sisters. But they called on and on. Very soon, Tania felt the longing too great and she climbed out of bed and walked down to the sea. There were her seven sisters sitting on the reef with their arms outstretched. Tania, come and play with us, they called. Tania replied, no, I am married to Karataki. I love him and I am never returning to you. Please stop calling me. I have made my choice. I am going to live on the land with Karataki. And she turned to go home. Her sisters called again. Pania! Pania turned and looked back at her sisters. Come in for one last game with us, they urged. Pania thought, one little game with my sisters wouldn't hurt, and my husband will never know. She waded out into the sea, and her sisters came to meet her, and joyfully they all dived and bobbed amongst the breaking waves. Then they rested out on the reef. The eldest sister said, Tania, our beloved parents have grieved since you left. Come down for a short visit. Your husband will never know. Finally, Pania agreed. She agreed to go into the ocean depths for one last visit to her parents. Down she plunged. Down, down. The cool water soothed her skin and the little fish came up to greet her. Pania wept for joy when she was reunited with her mother and father. She told them of her love for the man of the land, Karataki. A shadow passed over her father's face. That night, as Pania slept beneath the ocean, her father built a cage around her bed, and when she awoke, she realised what had happened. Her family had trapped her, and now, never again, would she be able to live up on the land with her karatake. She wept bitterly and begged her parents to set her free, but they would not. You belong here, Pania. You are of the sea. This is your home, they reminded her. When Karatake arrived home, he realised at once what had happened. He rushed down to the beach and called for his wife. Pania! Pania! It is me, your husband, Karatake. Come home, my beloved. Come home. And far below, Pania heard his desperate calls. She called back, but her voice was lost in the sound of the waves breaking on the rocks. Night after night, Karetaki returned to the beach and sadly waited for his wife to return. But she never did.
When the moon is full on the glistening sea, sometimes Pania comes to the reef with her sisters. Pania gazes longingly at her home and she thinks of Karataki. People say at times you can hear Pania on the reef calling, calling, ever calling, longing for the love of her lost husband. I can sail the ocean wide Ride the waves of the ever-changing tide Everything I need comes from deep inside I've got the magic in me, me, me I can cross over desert sand Leap out trust in where I land Find enough then I'll take your hand I've got the magic in me, me, me I've got the magic in me Nobody can stop me no So take your sparkle, take your shine and hold it in the air Now spin around and let it go, there's magic everywhere There's magic everywhere, and it starts right here Love the next song. It's 
actually from a movie. It's from the Muppet movie, and it's called Life's a Happy Song. It's one of my favourites. Everything is great. Everything is grand. I got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand. Everything is perfect. It's falling into place. I can't seem to wipe this smile off my face. Life's a happy song when there's someone by my side to sing along. When you're alone, life can be a little rough. It makes you feel like you're three foot tall. When it's just you, well, times can be tough. When there's no one there to catch your fall. Everything is great, everything is grand I got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand Everything is perfect, it's falling into place I can't seem to wipe this smile off my face Life smells like a rose With someone to paint and someone to pose Life's a piece of cake With someone to pedal someone to break Life is full of glee With someone to saw someone to see Life's a happy song When there's someone by my side to sing along I've got everything that I need Right in front of me Nothing's stopping me Nothing that I can't be with you Right here next to me Life's a piece of cake With someone to give And someone to take Life's a piece of pie With someone to wash With someone to drive Life's an easy road With someone beside you to share the load Life is full of highs with someone to stir And someone to fry Life's a leg of lamb With someone there to lend a hand Life's a bunch of flowers With someone to while away the hours Life's a fillet of fish Hey! It, yes, yes it is Life's a happy song With someone by your side To sing Sorry, I was super excited. Oh, this is the most romantic thing ever. I've always dreamt of seeing Los Angeles. I know, Walter can't wait either. You don't mind that he's coming, right? Um, no, no, of course not. As long as we can spend our anniversary dinner together, that's all I ask. I'm gonna go check on Walter. Everything's great, everything's grand. Except Gary's always off with his friend. It's never me and him, it's always me and him. And him, I wonder when it's going to end But I guess that's okay, cause maybe someday I know just how it's going to be You're right up on Steve, get down on one knee And say, Mary, will you marry me?
You're listening to the Kids Mix with me, Kath B. What would happen if your boat had a hole? Hmm, yes, it would end up at the bottom of the sea. And that's what ends up happening in this song by Captain Festus McBoyle called Boat's Got a Hole. Boat's got a hole, got a hole, boat's gonna go to the bottom of the sea. Boat's got a hole, got a hole, boat's gonna go to the bottom of the sea. Oh, the boat's got a hole, got a hole, the boat's gonna go to the bottom of the sea. Boat's got a hole, got a hole, boat's gonna go to the bottom of the deep blue sea. Blue sea. Bottom of the deep blue sea, blue sea. Bottom of the deep blue sea, blue sea. Bottom of the deep blue sea, blue sea. Kiwi lost his wings. Hmm, let's find out, because our story today is by Peter Gwynn, and it's called How the Kiwi Lost His Wings. Early one morning, Pookie the Kiwi was creeping back to his little den under the old rata tree, walking very slowly, because in the daytime the light hurt his eyes and he couldn't see very well. He kept his head close to the ground, and his long bill touched it now and then as his head nodded. And as he walked, he puffed and snuffled. He looked rather like an old blind man with a cane, tapping his way along the street. Pookie was very tired, because he'd been up the whole night, hunting for worms and beetles to eat. And now he was looking forward to a good sleep in his warm nest. Now in the trees up above, one or two of the birds were watching. And as they always did when they saw Pookie shuffling along... They said to each other what a pity it was that he couldn't fly. 
Of course, it didn't worry Pocky because he was used to walking, so he wasn't at all annoyed this particular morning when a fantail danced down beside him and said, "Pocky, I'm very sorry you can't fly in the trees like I can. Doesn't it make you sad?" "No," replied Pocky, "not in the least." As a matter of fact, a long time ago, we kiwis could fly every bit as well as you can. Goodness," said the fantail. "I didn't know that. C- could we hear about it?" "Certainly," said Pocky. So all the birds gathered round to listen. Long, long ago," said Pocky. "Many thousands of years ago, in fact, the kiwis could fly as well as any other birds." But you must remember, friends, this was a very long time ago indeed. In fact, not long after the great Maui fished up this island from the depths of the ocean, there was much more forest in those days than there is now, and the god of the forest was the mighty Tani. Now Tani loved the forest and the birds that lived there, and the birds themselves were very happy and sang from morning till night. Some of those birds you wouldn't recognize today. For instance, Tui had no white bib under his chin, and Morpork wasn't brown as he is now. He was quite brightly coloured. And as for us kiwis, well, we lived in treetops like the kaka and fed on berries and nectar from the bush flowers. And instead of having browny grey feathers, we were as brightly coloured as Pukeko is today. But remember. This was a long, long time ago. The great Tani was a father to the forest. He saw that the giant cowries had room to grow tall and straight, and made sure that the young rimus, with their beautiful drooping branches, had space to grow. When the winds and rains came and threatened to blow down the great trees or wash them down the gullies, he pleaded with Rangi in the sky, and the wind would drop. And the rain cease, and the sun would shine again. Then one terrible summer, there came a plague of insects, and the floor of the forest was swarming with creeping, crawling things: great beetles, long brown centipedes, fat, wriggling worms. They attacked the trees, eating the bark and the leaves and the roots, until the bush was no longer green, but a feverish, sickly yellow. So Tani called all of the birds of the forest together, and they came to him: the fantail, the pigeon, the tui, the morpork, the kaka, the cuckoo, and every bird of every kind that lived in the bush. And Tani said, "Birds, you know this terrible thing that is happening to the forest. Only you can save it." And the birds looked at one another and said, "How? How can we save the bush, Tani?" Tane answered them, "Some of you must come down from the trees and live on the ground. You must forget the light and sunshine of the tree tops, and live in the gloom of the forest floor. You must forget the sweet berries and the nectar, and instead eat these creeping things that are destroying our forest. Which of you will do this?" And none of the birds answered him. So Tani spoke to the shining cuckoo. Cuckoo, will you come down from the tree tops and live on the forest floor? But the cuckoo hung her head and said, "Great Tani, 
I am building my nest in the trees, and I cannot leave it to go and live on the ground. Then Tane asked the moorpork, Oh, Ruru, little moorpork, will you come and live on the ground and stop this plague for us? But the moorpork looked the other way and said, Great Tane, I love the light. The forest floor would be too dark for my eyes. So Tane spoke to the Tui. Tui, will you do this thing for me and come and live on the forest floor? But the Tui said, Great Tani, I am afraid. I do not know what enemies I should meet on the ground. I cannot do it. Then Tani said to the Pukeko, Surely you will come down and live on the ground, will you not? But the Pukeko said, Great Tani, the ground is cold and damp, and I like to keep my feet dry in the high branches of the trees. Besides, the birds admire my bright colours. I would miss the company of all the other birds if I went to live on the forest floor. Perhaps some other bird will do this thing you ask. Now, Tane spoke to the kiwi, the beautiful kiwi that lived high in the tops of the trees, and said, Kiwi, will you do this thing for me? Will you come down and live on the forest floor? And because Kiwi loved the bush even more than he loved the high trees and the sunlight and the nectar of the flowers, he said, Yes, Tani, I will do it. Then Tani said, If you come down to the floor of the bush, you must lose your bright colours and become as dark as a shadow, so that you are not easily seen. You must lose your wings, so that in the long evenings when you sigh for your old life in the treetops, you cannot return there. And your slim legs must grow thick and strong, so that you can run quickly along the ground. Will you still come down and live on the forest floor? And the kiwi bowed his head and said, Yes, Tani, I will. Turning to the other birds, Tani said, Kiwi of all the birds is not selfish. You others thought not of the forest or of the other birds, but only of yourselves. You did not care if the forest died. And so that you and all others will remember your selfishness, I shall change you all. Cuckoo, you told me you were too busy building a nest to help me. From this day forth you shall never build another nest. You will lay your eggs in the nests of other birds, and they will scorn you. And more pork, you who love the light... From now on, you shall live in the gloom of the forest and fly only in the black of the night. Tui, poor cowardly Tui, who is too afraid to come and live on the ground. From this day, you shall wear at your throat the mark of the coward, the white feather.
And where is Pukeko? Vain Pukeko, so proud of his bright colours. Pukeko, who will not get his feet wet. Pukeko, who loves the company of other birds. From now on, your feet shall know only the dampness of the swamps, and you shall live in the lonely places and spend your days far from the birds of the bush. But Kiwi, brave and noble little Kiwi, though I must take away your wings and your bright feathers, your goodness shall never be forgotten. In years to come, you will become a symbol of this country. You will be known in every corner of the world. You other birds, those who, although I did not ask, would not offer to help me, you also I shall punish. I shall make you silent, and the voice of a bird shall never be heard in the forest again. Then Tani looked up and saw a bellbird looking at him, her face indescribably sad. And because he still loved the birds in spite of their selfishness, he said, Bellbird, you have touched my heart, so I shall make your punishment less severe. I will allow each of you to sing during the day but you may sing in full chorus only at dawn when the sun first touches the bush so that each fresh day you will remember. Then Tani was gone and the birds flew away, Morpork to the deepest, darkest, most secret parts of the bush, Pukeko to the dismal swamp, Cuckoo to hunt for nests to lay her eggs in. And Kiwi found himself on the ground, as grey as a ghost, without a trace of his wings, and with his legs that once were thin, now strong and thick, to scrape away the covering of dead leaves on the bush floor. And from that day to this, the birds haven't changed. Tui still wears his white feathers, and Pukeko still lives in the lonely swamp. And Kiwi still lives on the ground and keeps it clear of crawling, creeping things. So it has been for many thousands of years, and so it shall always be, for Tane himself ordered it. His story told, Puki shuffled off home to sleep.
Always a story to read and always a story to be told at the library. Have an adventure at the library. L-I-B-R-A-R-Y. Hey! And if you've got troubles, it can help take your troubles away.
Fiction silly or serious Reference research or ridiculous Ask a librarian if you're not sure what to do They're always willing to help and always as interested as you at the library Have an adventure at the library It can help take your troubles away. Have an adventure at the library. L-I-B-R-A-R-Y. Hey! And if you've got troubles, it can help take your troubles away. Join the library today. Read a book, what do you say? Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.